0: This episode is brought to you by Horror Quickies. If you like horror anthology books, this is for you. Over 80 tales of terror told in a true story style that will curdle your blood and send shivers down your spine. Horror Quickies, the complete series, is only $2.99 on Amazon, or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Go to Amazon.com and search for Horror Quickies, or just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com books. If you like the Maniac and the Loose Scary Stories podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to leave a nice review, too, if you like, and don't be shy about letting other people know about the show. All of these things help us out a ton, and we appreciate it very much. Now let's get to some scary stories. THE BIKE RIDE The area I live in is unique. I basically live in the middle of a forest. My driveway is just a dirt road that is a quarter of a mile long. Most people who live in this type of a setting have to drive 30 minutes to the nearest town. That's what's so unique about my area. There's a little town just minutes away. Go down my driveway, turn right, and it's heavy forest for a few minutes. Then the forest gradually dissipates, and before you know it, you're out of the forest and smack dab in the middle of a historic river town. I bike ride for exercise. I usually go for a ride after dinner. If I ride my bike down to the little town and back, I get in a solid 30 minute ride. Today I had a busy day. By the time dinner rolled around, The sun had long since gone down, and darkness had taken over. Such occurrences never deterred me from riding. Hell, I loved a good night ride. I had a headlamp on the front of my bike for such occasions. It definitely helped me get through the forest part of the ride. But by the time I got to the town, the array of street lights and illuminance from the surrounding buildings made the headlamp irrelevant. It was late summer. At this time of the year, the forest was bustling with insect life once the sun dropped. That was the first strange thing about my bike ride. The forest was eerily silent. Not a peep from a cricket or a frog. Nothing. It was an indication that something was wrong. As to what that was, I had no idea. And while it was unusual, it didn't stop me from continuing my ride. I sped down the road that led away from my house, and then turned down Castleberry Road, which would lead me to town. The road ran side by side with a gentle flowing river. Hearing the river babble along while I rode was pleasant. The river encircled the town and then headed back toward my house. I had a river on either side of me for 90% of the ride. It was quite relaxing. Castleberry Road wasn't overly busy, but it was the main road to get into the town, so I would usually encounter several vehicles along the way. But not tonight. I didn't experience a vehicle the entire way. This was very strange. The only thing I could hear was the crunch of my tires rolling over the pavement and the gentle flow of the stream on my side. Otherwise nothing. A few times I did consider turning back. That's how disconcerting the silence was, but I was determined to get to the town. I was yearning for normality. I figured I would find such once I arrived in Castleberry. Castleberry is an old town founded in the early 1800s. It consists of five blocks. The majority of the streets are lined with old, brick buildings. Most have businesses on the ground floor and apartments overhead. There's a nice variety of half a dozen restaurants. There's a small two-screen movie theater, a community theater that puts on shows five times a year, and an array of different stores. There are multiple antique stores and clothing stores. There's also an old-time soda fountain pharmacy. It's a quaint, charming town, and most nights you see a steady amount of people shuffling in and out of the different establishments. It's rare to never see anybody on the streets, and with the silence of the forest and the absence of cars on the road, I feared the town would be unusually vacant as well. I was wrong. The streets were packed. Too packed. This was not the normal I was hoping for. It was usual to see half a dozen to a dozen people out and about at one time. What I was witnessing was over a hundred people milling about the town. It was the turnout I would expect to see if the town were having a parade. That's the first thing that went through my mind. Some event must be happening that I didn't know about. That had to be the reason for such a gathering. It was the logical conclusion, but something was off about the town folk. The biggest giveaway was the silence. I didn't hear any chatter of voices or clickety-clack of shoes on the sidewalks. As a matter of fact, they weren't really moving. They were all just standing in place, swaying back and forth. I slowly rode my bike down the main street and observed the people on the sidewalk. They were all staring off at nothing. I recognized my barber standing near the corner of the street. His name was Chuck. He was an average-sized balding man in his 60s. He always had a grin on his face and was quick to give a hearty hello to anyone he saw. I rode up to him and stopped my bike. What do you say, Chuck? He heard me and turned his head. He stared at me for a long moment. He had no smile. His eyes were glassed over. He was totally emotionless. Chuck? He said nothing. He just stared at me. I did sense a hint of confusion in his expression, but otherwise nothing. After about a minute or so, he slowly turned his head forward and got back to staring out at the unknown. Everyone else was acting the same way. If they heard me, they'd turn their heads and look in my direction but didn't seem able to fully focus on me. Hello? I just yelled out randomly. Every person in my general vicinity turned their head toward me for several seconds and then reverted back to their sluggish state. I rode my bike down every street in town and it was all the same. If I recognized someone and called to them, they'd just look in my direction as if trying to find me and when unsuccessful, they'd turn their head back around. I took out my cell phone. I was about to call the police and let them know there was some kind of mass hallucination going on in Castleberry, but my phone was dead. I circled back to the start of town. I wanted to go in one of the restaurants and see if I could find a working phone to call this in. As I started back down Main Street, I noticed that something had changed. They were moving. The people were now moving, but very lethargically and without purpose. I rode up to Chuck again and called out. Chuck, are you okay? This time he turned his head, and quickly locked his foggy eyes on me. He ever so slowly opened his mouth. I got goosebumps when he let out a wheezing groan. (coughs) He then took a slow step toward me and reached out his arms. The person next to him seemed to notice Chuck doing this and mimicked him. They turned toward me, stared at me, and advanced while letting out a similar wheezing moan. One by one, the town folks turned their heads in my direction, opened their mouths, and advanced toward me. Within seconds, the town was abuzz with the sound of wheezing moans. I quickly rode away from the group and turned down another street where the town folk were still silent and unmoving. But as I rode by them, they all became alert and twisted in my direction. They began moaning and moving toward me. These people were moving faster than the others and they flooded the street in front of me making it impassable. I rapidly turned my bike around and rode back to Main Street. I skid my bike to a halt at the sight before me. Chuck was leading the group down the street toward me. With every step they took, they increased in speed, their moans got louder, and they took on a more savage, aggressive nature. Within seconds they were running at me, growling like wild animals. Their foggy eyes were now fierce with rage. There was no doubt about what their intentions were. To kill me. I couldn't ride past them, there were too many of them, but lucky for me, I was near an alley and was able to pivot my bike and duck into the alley before the groaning group could catch me. The alley was long and thin, I could see a group of people on the street just outside the other end of the alley, but fortunately, they were still slow moving. I pedaled as fast as I could and shot out of the mouth of the alley like a rocket. Each person that saw me instantly sprung to life and turned into a raving savage. They gave chase, but they couldn't catch me. I rode away into the night, leaving the deafening moans in the distance. When I got home, I rushed to my landline phone, but it was completely dead. I tried to get onto my desktop computer, but had no internet connection. And minutes later, my electricity went off. I hurried to my car and attempted to start it, but it didn't make a sound. I wish I could say that as I sat in my lifeless car, the night was as completely silent as it had been all night. But that was no longer the case. The silence was now overtaken by a mass of distant, wheezing moans. And they were growing louder. I don't know what the hell is happening but I have a feeling this is not going to end well for me. We hope you enjoyed the show. This episode is sponsored by my book, It Lives in the Attic, a true jigsaw puzzle of horror that comes together before your eyes. Prepare yourself for a roller coaster ride of the weird, the horrifying, and the unpredictable. It Lives in the Attic. Only 99 cents on Amazon or free with Kindle Unlimited. Just go to Amazon.com and search for It Lives in the Attic. Or go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to maniacontheloose.com store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, there's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look, it's super cool. Go on, do it, right now, go. Maniac slash store.